Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. It's time to talk some dirt. Of course, I'm your host, Ryan Williams. Welcome to episode two of this new weekly series, Talking Dirt. And once again, I am joined by my esteemed co-host, the the voice of the common man's racer, Big Papa in these parts of the country. It's Mr. Matt Bridgen. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I mean, I'm doing fantastic. Weather's been kind of up and down, you know, that's... It's not. It's not too bad around here. I understand that the the other day that y'all were in a bit of a monsoon there. Everything was flooded, so uh, no work went on on the car. But uh, you did some racing last weekend, and uh, tell me about that wash job first. I, that's the first thing I want to know about because, dude, it took you like three days to wash that car. Well, we got back so late Sunday or uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, whatever you want to call it, and um, we we just when we got up, we didn't feel like messing with it. We unloaded it backed it up in the shop, took the body off, and called it a day. Monday, I was going to wash it. Uh, it rained all day, literally all day. And so my backyard was flooded, and it was cold. And then I looked on the weather scene that yesterday was going to be pretty sunny all day. And so, well, it seems like a perfect day to wash a car. So I uh, get it out there. It takes me about two hours to wash just the car and i promise you there for one of those hours consistently i did not let the trigger on the wine go on the pressure washer <laughs> yeah i could easily see it dude that that place was wet in hot laps heck it was wet all night uh for those of you that don't know matt raced up at carolina speedway this past weekend for the uh, what was it? Mid East Mania they had going on. I think fifty grand was on the line if a driver could win three or four divisions, whatever it was. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But first off, we got to start from the top. This uh, this past weekend in racing was kind of crazy. Um, there was something really cool going on Thursday night. Kyle Larson put up a dirt late model challenge at Volunteer Speedway, which, uh, from what I do believe, this was Volunteer's first event of the year. Uh, a tr- the track unfortunately closed last November, so they had to cancel a couple of races that were supposed to go on then. But uh, a new promoter stepped up, actually, and, and this one kind of shocked me when I first found out about it. I, it was just recently I did, but Matt Vic Hill. I don't know if do you know that name at all, Matt Vic Hill? Uh, yeah. I mean, I know he builds the mo- uh, some motors in some of the super classes. Um, other than that, I I'm not really familiar with him. That is, he, he's the thrill, Vic Hill. He's dude. Vic Hill, an absolute legend, um, and who knew that he had it in him to promote a racetrack? I, I had for certainly no idea that Vic Hill would ever take over a racetrack and do anything with it. And I mean, hey, dude, put on a spectacular show, partnered up with Kyle Larson and, and Flow Racing, and they put on uh, an event that saw I think it was a, a record attendance at Volunteer Speedway for the past like twenty years, something like that. So yeah. that was absolutely insane, but. How about dude, Mikey Marler? Of course, he's from Tennessee, grew up racing all around there. Just absolutely dominant all night, Matt. I don't know if you got to watch any. Did you get to watch any of this race, Matt? Yeah, I watched the last little bit, I think. I think it was like the last maybe 10 laps or so. Marler was on cruise control. Brandon Overton kind of struggled a little bit. The, some of the bigger names kind of struggled, like Ricky Weiss kind of struggled. But, dude, I, I think it was who ended up finishing second there. I know Bloomquist finished third. I don't, oh, Jimmy Owens. Of course it's Jimmy, Jimmy Owens. Yep. You know, Matt, side point. Jimmy Owens is like the best, least talked about dirt racer of all time. Yeah. He's, he's, Do you share he's that really opinion? Underrated. Jimmy Owens has been at the top of Lucas Oil and even the World of Outlaws for decades now, it feels like. But nope. nobody talks about him. And it's, it's probably got something to do with Jimmy's such a like softly spoken, quiet guy. He doesn't really say like He's not egotistical or or even spontaneous or like he's not out there like Bloomquist or Chris Ferguson not to say other guys are egotistical but they're they're very open and out there and um they're characters they're really good characters especially Ferguson you know Overton's not really a character either but he's got a he's just so good that he's got a following and if you ever talk to Brandon Overton really cool dude southerness can be but back to Owen dude Jimmy Owen's I, just, I, I don't understand why people don't talk about Jimmy Owens more. Dude is lightning quick wherever he goes. You put him on Taswell, you put him at Volunteer, you put heck, you put him all over the Southeast. Dude is lights out money. He is so good. 
But people just don't talk about Jimmy Owens. Enough about my Jimmy Owens rant. I just absolutely love <laughs> Jimmy Owens. Jonathan Davenport, a good show in there, too. I mean, but, bro, Scott Bloomquist is back, Matthew Pridgen. He is back. Well, I, it, it might be a little too soon to tell, but what a run for Scotty B. I think he started, like, sixth or seventh, working his way up to third past, uh, who was it? It may have been Overton. No, it was Kyle Larson right there at the Kyle end. Kyle Larson on the last lap. Yeah, it was Kyle Larson on the last lap to get a top three. So, Scotty B, the bloomer is back. I know that he and Chris Ferguson and whomever else spent hours and weeks and whatever else working on those cars, those those sweet Bloomquist chassis that they got. The dude is on fire right now. I'm not oh, yeah. honestly not sure if he raced any more last weekend. I don't know what else was going on in the area. But I do know that Thursday night, that volunteer show was one to watch. You can go back on Flow Racing and, and check that out, dude. That was, that, was, that was a money race for sure, Matt. Oh yeah, for sure. Like great, great way to start the weekend too. Because we we went into Friday, and of course there was only really I think one or two races going on Friday night. Maybe like TR somebody else raced in this general area, but yeah, Carolina Speedway up in uh, where's that at Gastonia, Matt? Gastonia, Gastonia, North Carolina. They were they were in action on Friday night. They had night one of their uh, Mid East Mania, and they I think they had six o twos. Gosh, what was Great it? 602s, no, 602s, Pro 4s, Open Wheel Modifieds, and something else maybe. Pure Stocks. But that, that wasn't a mini sanction. That was just a local sanction. And the 602s, I believe, went up first. Now, this one kind of threw me off because for a while, I thought that one of my buddies actually went to Victory Lane with the 602s because it said so on race, both Race Monitor and on uh, the other app. What's it? My Race, race Pass. Pass. Yeah, both Race Pass and Race Monitor said that Justin Mintz won, but I went back and double-checked. It was actually uh, Daniel Parker, a guy that Matt and I saw win the first 602 race that we saw at Friendship. Daniel Parker ended up going to Victory Lane at that one. So Daniel Parker back-to-back with the Mideast guys. So shout-out to Daniel Parker. Congratulations on that. Uh, but I did hear that there was a big pileup on that one in that race that took out a lot of guys, and John Rosario Jr. was one of those guys, and he decided not to compete in the rest of the race. But... But my buddies Justin and Austin Mintz came home second and fourth in that race. Uh, Ethan Wilson, who is a, a, a super late model standout, brother of Dalton Wilson, he was actually he actually piloted four rides the, last weekend. Matt, could you imagine racing four cars in two days, yeah. two a night? Dude, that's that's it. a little. <laughs> but I definitely could not do that at all. But Ethan somehow did it. But unfortunately, he only finishes ninth in the uh, in the six oh twos, and I think. He and maybe one of the guy were the only two that were going for the fifty grand if you won four races, and obviously that kind of put a damper on that to even start it out. I think he loaded up Friday night, and went to Fayetteville Saturday. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. I, I didn't see him out there Saturday. Check. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So then you, but then after the six oh twos on Friday night, you had uh, Casey Towell winning Pro Four, which is interesting because. I believe, don't quote me on this, but he may be running the same car that Jamie Madison used to run. I don't know if you know anything about that, but I believe it might be the same car. I know it's a 97, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So don't quote me, guys. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm not, then I'm right, obviously. But uh, yeah, big shout out to Casey Tower winning in Pro 4. Um, Steven Padula won in the, the 602 mods, which is pretty cool. Steven Padula, great guy. A lot of people knew him racing carts that I've heard of and and now Padula's been around in the modified and now six of four late model game for a little while and he's uh he's doing big things with that number thirty one. Trust me. Austin Holcomb ended up finishing second to him too. So Austin Holcomb, Matt, I don't know if you've seen this guy uh, he's a dude he has lights out when it comes to even UMP modifieds. Austin Holcomb is the real deal around the Carolinas right now. Uh really? Uh what number is he? Uh, I believe he's an eight car. He uh last time I saw Austin, he put on a, a great race at Scraven. I can't remember who he was racing against, but Austin was running second for like fifteen of the twenty laps or whatever they were running, and then made a last lap pass. And we were actually sitting right beside. I uh, don't know if it was his wife or his mom, but dude, she was jumping up and down, excited. I think it was his right. wife, but I don't. I'm not sure. Me and uh, Banjo were sitting right beside her, and dude, she was jumping up and down, screaming. So that was a pretty cool experience to see somebody's somebody's uh person doing that um 
Let's see. What else now, we got? I, I want to go on here and say, you know, I ain't trying to sound like a jerk when I'm saying I don't know who that is. But when I'm at the track and I'm racing, it's just usually me and my dad. Sometimes I'll get a little bit of extra help. But when I'm at the track, I'm at the trailer, you know, working on the car, trying to get it right. Uh, I, I don't really have a chance to watch other races at the track and, you know, get names of people and who they are and what, they, you know, all that stuff. So I'm not trying to sound like a jerk, but just. Okay, Mr. My Car Only. Let's talk about your race, Matthew. Huh. So let's, let's first talk <laughs> hot laps because, it, you, as you stated earlier, you just about creamed the wall and took out my logo and that would have made me very sad. Yeah, well, okay, here's the thing. Track was super wet going out there again. Um, you know, and I understand it's they got to get it so wet so it doesn't get super dusty. But you know, so we go out there first time on the track. I go, th- uh, take the green. We take the green flag for hot laps. I'm going coming out of two. Uh, go through, go into three, come out of four. Cars just sliding up, and I'm I'm trying to keep it down, trying to stay in the throttle a little bit, and it it it, it didn't work out. And my right front was headed straight towards the wall, and I kind of locked the brakes up, spinning out, and it, it it barely caught the wing on the back, so it didn't do really. Well, it any sounds damage. like somebody was not prepared for a a wet track. Not that wet, no. Not that wet, definitely not that wet. But then you went to uh, you went to qualifying, and I mean, went, went to qualifying. We didn't. I, I couldn't get no information from how the track was. Um. And then we didn't have any time to get to work on the car before qualifying. So, I mean, I, I, we kind of went out there blind again for qualifying and, you know, made it, made it, you know, what it was, what made what we could out of it. So, so you're saying you didn't get any time. Were they just running a, a super quick, smooth show up at Carolina? Yes, they they were on the ball. I I'll put it to you this way: I finished when I pulled when I got out of the car after the feature. It was nine o'clock. Uh-huh. We were the first feature, but you know everybody was pretty much out of there by eleven thirty. I'm I'm pretty sure of it. Well, that is a big testament to. So so we're we're going to talk a little bit more about tracks that that got done early later on and how how these tracks are really putting on great shows right now. But uh, staying with Carolina, you went to the uh, the feature. The, now, f- I'll give you I'll give you some props. You're able to make some passes in that feature that I saw. Um, but you just ha- just talk me through the feature there because that it seemed a little locked down at feature time. But I mean, was it from a driver's perspective? So okay, I started 16th, and there was 16 cars, so I started last. Um. Went into the race, you know, big shout out to my shot guy, Mr. Kenny with BNO. Um, he he got it pointed us in the right direction. We we made a, a couple adjustments wrong. <laughs> we we did stuff to the left rear when we should have done it to the right rear, but hey, it happens when you're trying to hurry up and get stuff done so you can make the feature. Um, but no the first couple laps I kinda just hung kinda like up kind of like between the middle of the track and the top. And I was able to pass, you know, two or three cars in a couple laps. And then I tried it later in the race. It didn't work out so hot. So I just, you know, it, it was back to the bottom. I could get up under the guy in 10th, but I every time I would, I'd hit a slick spot on the track and it'd just spin the car and take the rear end from up under me. And so, I, you know, I, I wasn't... I wasn't too upset with uh, an eleventh place finish. <clears throat> not obviously not the best, but at the same time, you know, I'm still learning, still it's progress, know, getting the hang of things. Oh, it's it's definitely probably when you went from we talked about it early uh, on the last episode, your your friendship outing. You go from that to this. There's there's a lot of progress being made right now, a right. lot. And uh, that that's good that you're at least showing signs of progress and and getting better and more competitive with these guys who do some of these guys do this for a living just about. Oh, I mean, competition out there, man! Oh my gosh, there's such competition. I mean, you even look at guys that were even in this race. You got Benji Hicks and uh, Travis, both Travis and uh, what's, what's the other one? Jeremy Steele. Jeremy. 
these these guys like are the top echelon of 604 racing right now and you put in Brian Mullis and John Rogerio and dude there's just so much competition for you to even deal with on a weekly basis running this series so I mean hats off to you you're going in the right direction at least but in that feature race you had Dale Moore win and that was kind of a I won't I won't say a shocker but like not the person that a lot of people expected to win that so really really good drive for Dale Moore my dad said he, you know, didn't nobody have anything for him. My dad said he was gone. Well, gone indeed he was. That 29 car went straight to victory lane. You had Benji Hicks finish second. Brian Mullis uh, rounded out the uh, podium there. Old cheeseburger Brian Mullis in the we 67 also, car. We also had a car flip. Really? Yep. It was on the lap 11, I believe. Um, he was he was behind me. He had a... Uh, he was getting lapped. He, my dad said he just went up into one and two and spun out up close to the wall and hit the wall and rolled over. And I think my dad said Travis still may have hit him a little bit after he was upside down, but I, I'm not sure. Well, all I know uh, is they rolled that car back over the top of it. Didn't look bad at all. I thought he could have probably finished the race. I'd say heck, he could have jumped right back in it, went back to back to work. <laughs> Pull old Dale Senior. That's what I'm saying, dude. I've seen kids, especially like kids in front wheel drives, dude. Uh, shout out to this young man, Alex Myers. Like three years ago, barrel rolled his car off of turn number three at, at Sumter. Got back in and raced the rest of the dude. That that was surreal that. real seeing that. That kid, that thing was toast. He got back in it and drove it. Almost won that yeah. night too, I believe. Almost won, but I yeah, thought that, he did, but I can't. No, no, he didn't win. He. His first career win came last year, I do believe, uh, okay. the first second race after they got a new car and figured it out. But uh, yeah, dude, I've I've seen some crazy stuff happen at a dirt track. These kids, you can flip a car and if it ain't hurt, they gonna get back in it and drive. We got some wheel men out here, boy. Um, sure. so again, more wins in six oh fours. Then Benji Knight wins in Thunder Bomber. Uh, Benji Knight was dominating Lancaster early in the year and decides to go up to Carolina because he runs Carolina too. Uh, from time to time, does Benji Knight and goes up there, wins Thunder Bomber. Uh, Josh Hodge wins many late models. And then Mitchell Duvall, this is a cool story. Mitchell Duvall finally, uh, for the first time in like, I guess it'll be two or so years, because he drove at the uh, the Mike Duvall race or the V8 Nationals or whatever it's called at uh, Cherokee. I'm sorry, I'm not up to date with the, the lingo there, but he drove in that a couple years ago and then since then hadn't driven anything. And then I he got into a car. I'm, I'm not exactly sure which one it is. I think it's the number 18 car. But Mitchell yeah. Duvall finally driving once again. And uh, he goes to victory lane in the Mideast street stock race. A couple of my close buddies, they race up with us at Sumter were there as well. Cameron Holloway and Bubba, Bubba Kolb. Uh, Cameron finished 12th, Bubba 13th. And then I think uh, one of my other buddies, Caleb McLaughlin, finished third in that race. So shout out to all yeah, those guys. Was, Dude, Mideast was, street stocks, that, yeah, that's, that a, that's a good little series. That was some tough competition in that race. I mean, he, Hank Taylor was there. Andy um, Stewart. I mean, Andy dude. Stewart. I, yeah, it, there was a lot of good cars there. Oh, most definitely. And that kind of wrapped up the uh, the Mideast Mania at Carolina. Nobody takes home the 50K or even the 25K bonuses, unfortunately. I mean, same as last year. Dude, it's so hard to win that's multiple why, classes that's in why one that's night. A big, such a big purse for it. Yeah, you're right, but it's just so freaking hard to win multiple classes in one night. And, I mean, we even did something at Sumter similar to it where we did, like, win two, get an extra grand. Nobody came close. Yeah. I mean, it's just so hard for these guys to do it. And, I mean, hats off to anybody It's hard enough to, do it, to do, it. do it in one class. Oh, you're dang right. It's, it's hard enough for one class to even to even win there. But, yeah, so I guess the purse grows for next year for uh, Mideast Mania at Carolina. Moving right along into our next bit of racing from the weekend, uh, Fayetteville Motor Speedway over in Fayetteville, North Carolina, hosted the Carolina Clash. And, man, it was kind of surprising to me here, uh, uh, given the tire shortage, a really good car count for uh, Clash of oh, yeah. Fayetteville. They had 20 cars, man. Yeah. I, I, I thought they only had four because when we were at the track, <laughs> me and my dad were talking, and he said, well, dang, there ain't but four people at the Clash. That was early on in the afternoon. And then... And I think you told me they had like 20 cars. I was like, damn, yep. that car count went way up. Yeah, it skyrocketed. And then and even like, I don't know how to really put this, but 
some really good cars. A lot of there's a lot of new guys on the Carolina Clash team this year, which is really cool to see, like Ron Gearing. Oh, yeah. and, uh, there's another guy that's running for uh, Pricefell that's running for Rookie of the Year too. But uh, yeah, Carolina Clash is going in the right direction right now. Uh, Johnny Persley actually took the win there, so not somebody that I don't think I've seen win it. Fayetteville before, maybe he has, and I just don't know about it. But uh, Johnny Persley takes his card of victory lane, beating the likes of Willie Milliken and Dustin Mitchell. And again, Matt, you know this, Dustin Mitchell's coming off of one of the hottest streaks in the Carolina. Oh, yeah. He the yeah. dude took the his number 32 car that I don't think he drove the 32 car in this race. I think he drove the D8. They must have not had, a time, must have not had time to uh, put the super motor in the 32. But yeah, dude has been on an absolute tear. One, I don't know, was it? I think he's up to like twenty grand in over the three races he's won. It was a ten and two fives, I believe, or maybe two tens and a five. It's somewhere around there. Still something crazy. You don't. There aren't many people that have won multiple five thousand plus races this year, at all. Like and Dustin Mitchell's one of those, and he's off to a very hot start. I think he he heads west to Tennessee this weekend to race with. The uh, Steel Block Bandits as they go to, I want to say it's 411 maybe. No, Smoky Mountain. It's Smoky, Smoky Mountain. Mountain they yeah. Go, yeah, they go to Smoky Mountain this weekend for a, a big show there. I think they double with the Iron Man Late Model Series, which is another super late model series. Um, yeah. Huh? No, no, no. Are, Iron, Man, was, Iron Man's are supers. So they're running okay. a, a super race and the limited and a limited. Race. Okay. Yeah, and one's, I think, 10, one's five grand to win. I got you. So the uh, Steel Blocks, they should have a really good car count. Out there. Like Tennessee is, they they got some limited cars out the wazoo oh, yeah. up there. And, and if you remember, their their uh, first race last year was at Smoky Mountain, and they had that really close finish. Yes, 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 yes. It was a photo finish. And I'm shoot for their sake. I hope for the same thing because dude, that oh, that yeah. series is taking off like a rocket. It is. It really is. It, they're it's they're doing some insane. good things over there. Very good things. You got, I mean, 37 cars for something was crazy. I'm excited to see what they're able to do this weekend. So shout out to Eddie and, and Jim and, and uh, Joseph and everybody involved with that series. Can't wait to watch and see what you guys have coming in the near future. But let's go back to some racing from this past weekend. Uh, of course, uh, personally wins at Fayetteville. Uh, Kenny Collins, who does our wraps on uh, David's car, uh, finishes seventh there. So good run for Kenny. Now, let's talk a little bit about Lancaster. Um, of course, I was up at Lancaster doing some announcing along with Hunter Weaver, who was the co-voice of the Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Models. And everything that we did, you can find on BAM Racing Video. Shout out to Brandon Mettler. Um, he was there filming some uh, some YouTube videos on the night. So you can find all those features over on BAM Racing Videos. But let's talk about them first because there were some, uh, there were some really, really good races. Um, first off, Matthew Nance. Dominated, Matt. I yeah, he's on a, he's on the roll with Blue Ridge right now. He's it, for sure. I mean, dude, I, Blue Ridge another super underrated is Blue Ridge because oh, yeah. Jason Jason Smoot, their their promoter, was probably the first to be ahead of the curve with this tire shortage. Now, even right. though it's not looking good right now, he's got some stuff working out where he he's able to actually get tires for people to run it would be at the pro twos pro threes or even 48s that i think he's got back in the rules now so jason doing jason's doing an extremely good job dealing with the tire shortage because i mean i don't think there was a, a car that showed up this past weekend that didn't have tires um and for sure matthew nance did because dude just <laughs> dominated he was i'll tell you this by the time we got to lap three matthew was half straight away ahead of Scott Shirey and Scott Shirey is no slouch. That's a Shirey. big lead at Lancaster. Yeah. Oh, Scott you were absolutely Shirey right. Too. No slouch is Scott Shirey, but Scott said after the race, he just didn't have anything for mad. The car was a little loose, getting off the corners and he ended up getting hung up by a lap car who was in the, in the, the fast lane. So still a good race there. Everybody back behind them. Uh, your, one of your buddies, Eddie Baggs, actually had a really good race. Started in like eighth or ninth, worked his way up into the top five. Dude, Eddie Baggs showing some real improvement there with the uh, the Blue Ridge stuff, and of course Matthew good. Nance now straight. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it was it was cool to cool to see the progression for a lot of those guys that I've been watching at Sumter and other places for a while that are 
really coming into their own finally in a late model. I mean, Jesse Rocket was there. Uh, Will Harris, Will Harris, another good drive for him. I think mm-hmm. something actually went wrong on that car later in the night, but he had a pretty good drive. Uh, Jesse Rocket was in the house driving uh, that Dixie Metalworks number 21 car that Scott sometimes drives. Right. Uh, and Jesse had a, a really good showing. Uh, actually broke something and qualifying before the dash had to pull off, but due to Blue Ridge rules, he still got to start sixth because that's where he qualified pretty much, and he didn't run the dash, so he still got to start sixth. Um, and he had a good showing. So, I mean, that the Blue Ridge race was actually pretty good. Um, being a, a super late model race at Lancaster, which is a place that really fans out a lot. I mean, dude, half miles are... I was talking to Hunter about this. Either, if as a race fan or, like, just somebody who's in the sport, in the know, you either love half miles or you don't like half miles. Right. Do I have to, like, does that make sense there? Like, yeah, there's I, not really an in-between. Like, I, they're, I'll go out and say that they're not my favorite thing, but I see the niche. Yeah, I see the need got, for half miles. You got all those, you know, high speeds. You can You can get a lot more speed out of those tracks than you can at, like, smaller tracks like Sumter. Oh, 100%. The, the racing may not be as door-to-door, you know, bumper-to-bumper, but when it's good, it's great. Like the old old Cherokee Speedway. Amazing right. racing. I mean, it's and it's still great now, but a lot of people are now in the bandwagon of change it back to a half mile. You know, so, I mean, there's... I don't know about there's, all that now. There's still a lot of people that say keep it a 3.8, but I'm, I'm dead serious. A lot of people want them to change it back to a half mile. And that that's the topic for an, another another episode. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, Lancaster is one of those places that I really never saw the niche of until I actually went there and watched races there. Yeah, it's nuts. It you you got to have big kahunas to race at Lancaster Motor <laughs> Speedway. I'll tell you that because these boys are up against the wall, balls to the wall, as fast as you could ever possibly think you could be in a race car and. Fortunately for you, you got to experience that this year, Matthew. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You, you don't don't y'all have a uh, Lancaster on the midi schedule? Yeah, August twentieth. August twentieth, Matt Bridgen at the big half mile. Mm-mm-mm. We'll see how that one's gonna go. Uh, moving on from uh, <laughs> from Blue Ridge, not not to say you're gonna wreck or anything, but uh, I should be fine. Yeah, you should be fine. Just uh, Hopefully. don't hit the wall. Just don't <laughs> hit the wall. Knock on some wood. But uh, let's talk about Renegades for a second. First, you may not be too familiar with Renegade cars. I'm not really that familiar with them either, but the race that I saw in Renegades last Saturday night was beautiful. I'm talking side-by-side, in and out of every corner between Timbo Mangum and Brandy Baker. Um, yeah. For the people uh, like me that don't know what a Renegade is, explain what that is. I have no idea, first off. Um, Not really. It, it yeah oh yeah it's a it's a V eight car it it seems it seems like it it's a crate sportsman with a bigger motor like about a super street ish car but the body rules are a little different um yeah. but either way they they were they're bad fast and the racing was awesome you had at times three four cars battling for the lead I believe Jonathan Starkey was up there at, at the beginning and then. Here comes Timbo and Brandy, and they put on a, a master class, a spectacular show for the fans. Fan, dude, fans were jumping up and down, screaming. It was freaking amazing to see. Um, and then the, the craziest thing, I don't want to put any anybody on blast here, but old Brandy Baker gets out of the car in victory lane, got a racing jacket on, and blue jeans. <laughs> I thought that, dude, I thought that was absolutely hysterical. Um, but yeah, shout out to Brandy and Timbo. That don't and, compare to no hey dudes, though. No, it don't compare to no hey dudes. But <laughs> Brandy getting out of the car in blue jeans made my night. That was that was pretty pretty cool. Um, and then after the Renegades, Tyler Love uh, was racing in the Modifieds, and his, Tyler Love's been around for a while. He's from Lancaster, ran a bunch of Cruiser Street Stock stuff for a while. Um, he was actually trailing uh, Billy Thompson uh, at the time. They Billy Thompson started on the pole. Tyler Love was second, ran second for a while, and then something broke on the right front, and he went slamming into the wall, and I uh, hope, hope everything's good on that car. Tyler was okay. I, I, heck, I saw him at Waffle House later that night. Um, 
eating with his family. So he seems to be a okay. But uh, in the what was it American Racer Modifieds? Uh, Billy Thompson went to Victory Lane, and, the, and Jacob Hauser, who uh, we both got to know a little bit because he ran the late model, the Blue Ridge late model stuff last year. He actually finished second there. So Hauser back in a modified, <laughs> did it for a while, jumped into a late model. Now they're trying to get the late model prepared. So he said, "Heck, I'm gonna race the modified for a while." He comes out, finishes second. So a, a good run for Jacob Hauser. Um, and then we Matt, we had how about this, Matt? Two first-time winners on the night at Lancaster this past weekend. Like, first career wins. Oh. How cool is that? Can I can't That's wait awesome. till you get your first career win. I really can't. Matt, what, what will you do? Well, Okay, okay, yeah, you've won in charge or whatever. <laughs> what will you do when you finally get your first late model win? I have to know. It, well, it depends. If it's, if it's at Sumter, I'm going to be running like crazy so you don't roll me around in no mud. Oh, trust me, I can find a mud pit. <laughs> um, you know... Pretty much just like, you know, after I won my first Charger race, I'll hug my daddy, hug my mama, take a bit your lame pictures, and smile for the next five days. I feel like I need to go get a bottle of sparkling, like, sparkling wine or champagne or something on hand just to, like, save for that moment. <laughs> I'm not going to spray it on you. I'm not going to spray it on you. I'll spray it on your dad because I know deep down that he is the heart and soul of that race team. Sorry, Matt. It's your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, just... he, my my dad definitely does love racing. It's it's oh yeah, well, it's, one it, of it, his it, most favorite things. And he's been in it forever. Your dad has oh, been man. in it forever. He he's been going to the racetrack since. I'm pretty sure he was a baby. I back in the not not trying to put it back in the late. You age. didn't have grandstands, right? Well, the, <laughs> the track, track a lot of tracks he went to when he was young is. Closed down now. I know, yeah, of course. But right. uh, luckily, Lakeview's still around. And how about a, the heck of a job Scott Tripp's done with Lakeview? I know we talked about it last episode a, a little bit, I think. But dude, that track, they've got something from, cook in there. Okay, so it, it, it's really awesome. All right, from someone who's been going to Lakeview their whole life. Because, like I said last week, Lakeview ain't but like 20 minutes away from my house. So I've been going there since I can remember. I remember being, you know, a little little kid being out there watching my dad race in the Charger class. He um but it was really cool to see it when when I started racing Chargers, we we were the biggest class week in week out. So we um we would average about 16 cars a week. But then the car count started dwindling down, you know, and then there there was one year they only raced two times and throughout the whole season. And then I think the next year's when Scott took over and he has just brought it, brought that track back to life. It's a complete 180. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they're, they're having class races out there. Ultimates races out there, you know, 5,000 win. SCDRA races, and then the big block are uh, the uh, well. They, the, they haven't done big the blocks sportsman. yet, but they've done the sportsman mods. Right, like they're see. Of the, course, Scott and Timmy, they're they're from up north, so they're trying to kind of bring a little bit of that flavor down here. But they, dude, they are putting the money where it needs to be for that and, racetrack. And and the actual facility is the biggest part. Immaculate, the, yeah. The facility is super nice. One of the nicest ones around here. Well, an, an old opinion. adage, oh yeah, an old adage when it comes to like maintaining a dirt track is you really, you can't take care of your fans without taking care of your racers, but at the same time, you can't take care of your racers, be it like track improvements, like putting new dirt and whatnot without taking care of your fans as well with amenities. Because if you only cater to the racers, you're going to have a good racetrack, but nobody's going to want to sit in those stands and watch them but if you only take care of the fans then the racers aren't going to want to show up to race right you know so it, it's it, there's a there's it's a hard way to find a fine medium in between the two and scott and tim and even scott's wife miss sophie dude, they have all done a fantastic job oh, yeah. um especially especially my buddy john lovett the best flagman in the game <laughs> <laughs> well i say but he uh he he sits at a at a well he's right there in front of in front of our starter, Mr. TJ Pack. Um, 
and others that have been in the game forever. Uh, but let, let's move on from uh, from that little sidetrack and talk about these first-time winners. I don't know how that got from where we were to there. Um, <laughs> actually, before we move on, did you ever, Mr. Matt Bridge, did you ever race against your dad? No, I didn't. Oh. He um, when I was when I was nine, he quit racing, sold all his stuff. We got into go kart racing. I did that till uh, I was about fourteen. We got a we got a car when I was fourteen and started racing chargers. Oh my gosh! Speaking of go kart racing, did you see this video? Oh gosh, about a week ago, there was a it was a wreck where a guy just flew off the track and straight up and over. Talking about like back end over the front end, and he kind of like yeah, facing to yeah. yeah that, I that think I saw you share that. That was that did not look fun. Case in point: While when I have children, they will not drive go karts. I never they really will. got hurt in go karts. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the what if. You know, I mean, don't get me. I love watching go- kart racing, but it's just kind of. If I was a parent, I wouldn't want to take that risk with my kid because you're. I understand. You're very you're exposed more so than now, especially more so than you are in a car. I don't know if they still run these. I, I've heard they don't. But when I was, you know, slowly starting to get out of go karts, uh, the champ champ carts was starting to gain some popularity. Yeah, champ carts are still around, yeah. Champ champ carts. You know, you got your roll bars over your top. You got your five point harness. You got an actual containment seat. Those are pretty safe. I wouldn't have a problem putting well, a youngin in that. You know, even like the the mini sprints and all that are on go kart motors. Those are cool. Yeah, like I what got a cousin and all actually, them running. I got a cousin that races those. Actually, his name is Lane Gerald. Well, the the only bad part about those is they're don't they're not raced anywhere around here. I mean, the closest you're going to find them is Millbridge, well, or I mean, even Hanging Rock at some sometimes. Lakeview, but Lakeview will run the junior sprints from time to time. Oh, I think, yeah, that I think is right. Got one coming up. That Maybe this right. weekend. I mean, and then other classes like that that I really enjoy. It's like the mod lights and mini late models. Those are cool too. Sharps, yep. Yeah, these sharps are freaking awesome. Those things look like they are flying. I mean, they're like three or four seconds off of late models, but they they just know. look like they're flying. First time I ever seen a um, sharp mini late model, I was at Sumter. This was back when I oh, had yeah. like 04 Masters built, the old black car. Um, Actually, Matt Lawson turned a faster time into mini late model than I did in my full size late model. Man, I'm not gonna lie to you; that's not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little mean, I know, well, guys. But that, I, that that was like my first year racing late models. So, uh huh. And I then mean, you went on to the red car, and it, it, we're just way off topic right now. But yeah. then you went on to the red car, and. I remember the the first time that you really ever finished a race inside the top three. That was the only race I finished that year. That yeah, it was because if if you guys didn't know, I used to run a I used to run the race receiver and all at Sumter and uh and I used I used to dread it every time. I said, "Well, P fourteen, you you spun out three times, got to the trailer, you know." And then one night he pulls pulls this can of worms out from under his butt crack and (laughs) starts passing cars, and I'm in shock and all of a sudden white flag waves matt's matt makes a pass for second and i look down in the pits and his daddy mr ronnie jumping up and down i mean ecstatic (laughs) that matt even finished the race he didn't care where what position he finished in actually i got the gopro video from that race i watched it not too long ago i I started i think i started like fifth i think it was only five cars i started fifth finished second I tell you what, we need to find that footage and, and release it for the photo people to, oh, yeah, so that especially they, can, they can see that the progression of a young late model driver. <laughs> especially because when I um crossed the start and finish line at at the checker flag, <laughs> I, I was throwing my hand out the window like, like <laughs> I won. The race. And Daddy, in the GoPro video, in the GoPro video, you can see Mark McLeod, who owns the car Michael Brown drives now. <laughs> He's about a straightaway ahead of me. <laughs> oh yeah, Mark I didn't did care. that night. That's right. Mark I, did I didn't that night. care. I was, I was happy with that. <laughs> yeah, that that was a great night, and hopefully we get to do it again, but with you going to Victory Lane uh, sometimes, too. Nice. And I know we're racing late models this weekend. I don't know what your what are your weekend plans, Matt. Are you taking a little bit of time off, or are you going to come race with us? 
Yes, I'm taking. I don't know if it's going to be two or three weeks, but I know I'm taking a few weeks off. You know? uh, well, I, I've raced, and, and I know this don't compare to a lot of people, but keep in mind it's just me and my dad about 75, 80% of the time. And, you know, we, we want to go through the car, check, put it on scales, check our percentage, make sure to right, check the front end, all the angles, caster camber, toe, you know, just go through and hunker everything down. I mean, we, we've got what four races on a year now yep so mm-hmm. make sure everything's still straight i had to do the I math in my head to make sure you're right yeah four races you ran blue ridge durant sumter and the two mid-east races so yeah four hey your math is good I know, the next, mind, Matt. I know the next mid-east race i got i think it's on the 22nd of next month at Fayetteville. somewhere in between you got a race at sumter and Maybe get that first career win. I will, I, I'm sure I'll race at Sumter before that. <laughs> I, I, I sure hope so. But uh, dang it, let's get back to the first time. With, man, I, <laughs> I am all over the place here. We're running out of time for the, the episode. So let's talk about some yeah. first-time winners. Uh, Pure Stock, Jason Tolbert, number 14 car at Lancaster, gets his first career win. He got drugged through the mud. So that, that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, Jacob Cato wins in Create Sportsman. Dylan Montgomery, another first-time Winner. He he was uh he's in with the crowd like Jonathan Henson and some of those other guys that race at Lancaster and Thunder Bomber and all that. But Dylan Montgomery got his first win. He also got dr- drugged through a little bit of mud. And then uh in Extreme Four that capped off the night at Lancaster. And of course I was on the call for all these races. And let me tell you, we got done at maybe ten o'clock. This show <laughs> was smooth from the every class ran two heat races and they were done by ten o'clock. This was a smooth show. Did not skip a beat. Shout out to Shannon and Michael Knight and whoever else was in charge of everything there. The, and and <laughs> one of my favorite guys that I've dealt with so far as like a race uh, race director, Chester Brooks and Lancaster. Hilarious guy. I don't know if you've ever had the chance to meet Chester, but dude is on point on the radios. There was one, one moment where some guys were lollygagging under caution and he said, guys... <laughs> Guys, my grandma ain't around no more, but she dang sure moved faster than that. And it was, <laughs> dude, it was golden. I loved every second of it. He's the race director for the Blue Ridge series, right? No, that uh, that's Gerald. Okay. That's Gerald. Okay. Chester Chester is, I think he's maybe just at Lancaster now. Um, not sure if he helps out anywhere else, but yeah, he's Chester's a really cool dude. You got to meet him whenever you go to uh, Lancaster later in the year. But uh, let's get back to Extreme Four here. Uh, Dan Benson won Extreme Four at Lancaster, and there was a crazy battle for second. Skeeter Ott, uh, who I, I guess he's going to race at Sumter a lot this year. He ran Lancaster. Last time he ran Lancaster, actually went barrel rolling into the wall in turn, uh, mm. I think it was turn three at the time. So, But he picked up a car from, from Luke Lucas from Sumter, put it together, went out there, and was on Brad McManus's tail. Popped him a couple times, and I guess that, that – uh, that loosened up the oil sensor enough to where it just started spewing all oil all over the racetrack, and and Skeeter had to pull off. Um, but yeah, that that was a good battle. Brad was able to pull back away from him after all that that happened. So it was uh, Vincent McManus was your top two there. I think Rusty Cato ended up finishing third, if I'm not mistaken. And again, that that was the whole show. We were done by ten o'clock at Lancaster. So that was pretty freaking cool. If you had to ask me uh, for a. Uh, an off night where I really wasn't feeling well. I was getting over a, a sinus infection. My voice wasn't all there, as you guys can probably hear on the recordings. Uh, you know, it was it was it was a treat to be done by ten o'clock. And I guess it was for y'all too, Matt. Y'all were probably loaded up and gone by ten as well, weren't you? Um. Well, funny thing, actually, my parents oh, uh, went went to the infield spot for me. Um, and I pulled in the infield after I took the checker flag to get them to hop on the side of the car and ride out with me. They said they waved me off. They said they were just going to walk <laughs> and they got stuck on the infield for the next race. So I, I was oh, hanging Lord. around the trailer by myself for a little while. Oh Lord. So both your, now this is way off top. Both your parents ended up going. Yep. My That's mom awesome. Yep. Matt freezing mama finally going to the racetrack. Y'all so proud of her. Is, Y'all are proud of her. <laughs> the thing is it, it makes her nervous because of how fast we're going or how slow we're going or however you want to put it. Anyway, <laughs> it makes her nervous. And she especially doesn't come to the Blue Ridge races since we don't have a roof. But um, 
yeah, it makes her nervous and, you know. Well, I mean, hey, power to her. I'm glad that uh, you were able to get her out of the house for that. Now, uh, I guess, was there any other racing going on in the region this past weekend? I really don't think so. Of course, a lot of people were off celebrating the the Easter (laughs) holiday. But uh, that loads us up for a big weekend in the southeast this weekend. Because you got, I think, Ultimates racing at County Line, if I'm not mistaken. Ultimates so. Ultimates have a race at County Line. Blue Ridge is Halifax. at Halifax. Of course, as I stated earlier, uh, the Steel Block Bandits are up in Tennessee at Smoky okay. Mountain. Uh, I think, let's see, Gaffney, uh, Cherokee Speedway, back in action. They're running regular classes this coming week. Um Let's see, who else? Lawrence may be in action. I haven't seen an update from Lawrence County Speedway, whether they're racing or not. Uh, Friday night is, what is it, Livonia with the Carolina Clash? Yep. Livonia with the Carolina Clash. And that's another weird thing that I've never understood about the Carolina Clash. Why are they running in Georgia? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I, calling I Mary Lombard. I didn't change that name. Though. Oh, dude, Livonia is like freaking sweet. Yeah, Livonia. A lot of those Georgia tracks are sweet. You got Livonia, Dixie Speedway, of course, Screvin. Oglethorpe's no longer with us, sadly, but that place was a freaking blast. Sonoya. Um, there's others that I'm missing. Um, oh, gosh, I can't think of them right now. There's so many dirt tracks in, in Georgia that I just can't think of. Um, but, yeah, dude, Georgia's a freaking goldmine for dirt tracks. So is North Carolina. That's yep. the only thing that kind of is kind of sad about South Carolina is there's now seven of us remaining. Um, and of course, with the hopeful addition of the new speedway in Orangeburg, uh, we'll grow back to eight, but potentially, yes, potentially. But there's just, uh, and I'm going to hate to see it if another track's forced to close. There was obviously very public talk of Lancaster not too long ago. But it looks right now like they have settled that out. And uh, I believe they they refused to sell. So hopefully Lancaster stays open for a long time to come. Um, I don't think, like, Sumter's not in any trouble. Lakeview's not in any trouble. Lauren's not in any trouble. So, I mean, it's promising right now for these dirt tracks, you know, because there's, there's money to be made and there's people that are wanting to get it, get out and experience it just just to just to experience it. Right. right now, because dirt track racing, growing up, like, for the older folks, the 70s, 80s, 90s, it was it was a golden age. Like, oh, yeah. everybody went to the racetrack every single weekend. Early into the 2000s, the same thing. But then you well, hit, like, that... I remember my dad would tell me stories about when he used to go to the track with my Uncle JD. They'd be racing... One track Thursday night, one track Friday night, another track Saturday night, another track Sunday night, and another track Monday night. So oh, that'd they'd be, be great. racing five nights a week, just about every week. Dude, if tracks could get on the same page and do that again, that would be awesome. And back then, I'm pretty sure you could just take any dirt car and put it on asphalt. All you had to do was change the tires. Very true. Hey, there, there for a while, <laughs> some of the classes at Sumter ran the, the asphalt slicks. Like, Street Stock was running asphalt slicks for a while. Can you believe yeah. that? Oh, that's, wow. It's kind of nuts that they were running yeah. the, the slicks. But, uh, yeah, just going back, like, in, like, the middle 2000s, like, 08, 09, like, dirt track racing kind of lost its prominence for a while. And yeah. it lasted it lasted a long yeah. time. And it's, like, it's starting to become popular now. I mean... I'm not going to say Kyle it, it's because of Kyle Larson but yeah. you know he he has been a big help to dirt racing. I racing well, in general to be honest well that, with you. And the 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 slight downfall of NASCAR kind of yes. opened people's eyes back up to the possibility of enjoying their local track racing instead of watching right. or going to these bigger uh pricier events and it's beneficial to me and Sissy and everybody else who actually is involved in running a track, but right. it's also beneficial to the racer who now has people to there to watch them race. And it's also growing car count. Dude, I mean, I'll be totally honest. I expected car counts to die this year. I expected everything to go back to the way it was in 2014, 2013, where the car counts were semi-low and the stands weren't that full. 
I remember when I started racing late models at Sumter, we were lucky if we had five cars. It was normally two or three. And now, although it's not a big jump, I think we're averaging eight to nine. So, I yeah. mean, even for Sumter, and a lot of it has to do with the rules packages. Because, I mean, of course, they die off as time goes. But when we started the Sika stuff, we were getting 13 to 14 cars, and then it kind of died off. And now that we've jumped Blue Ridge, it's been steadily at nine to 10 a week. And hopefully that grows. But, I mean, you never know what's going to happen with the addition to rules that happens pretty much every year with series. So, I mean, there's a lot there. Dude, there's too many factors to even get into about all that stuff, you know? So, but yeah, just back to that, like, it has amazed me how many new people are getting into racing now with the current economic uh, climate and also this tire shortage. Now, we can talk about it a little bit. Are y'all having any problems with your series and such, Matt? Not that I'm aware of. They're, the series is pretty much getting the tires there. I like to have my tires done before I go to the track. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I usually get them from Austin up at Kegels. Um, so I don't think I, I haven't been up there myself. My dad will go up there every now and again, get the tires um and other miscellaneous stuff that we need and I, he really hasn't said nothing but i'm not sure what you know it could change within the next week or two well i even i do know from inside sources that these series right now pretty much all of them are struggling as far as tires goes because you remember that uh drivers meeting that you and i were in at friendship yeah. with jason from from mid-east he was talking about how bad the tire shortage was and that he was open to opening up rules to whatever you guys could find to run. I actually got a phone call today. I'm not going to disclose who it was or what series, but a, another guy looking for tires for his series and somehow called me of all people. When I mean, <laughs> I know people who have tires or I know people who get tires. I don't know if anybody's got a stockpile of certain tires, right. but of course I, I pointed him in, in the direction of Austin and, and Sean from Kegel. Because that's about the only people that I know right now that are actually able to get anything. Because nobody's getting anything from Hoosier. Even American Racer, they're just now trying to ramp up production again to get their orders filled. Because Blue Ridge needs tires and everybody else who runs American Racers needs tires. And Hoosier, I'm not even sure what's going on with them. They, I'd, I'd love to be an inside source there. If, somebody, if anybody knows, let me know. But there's just such a a demand for all these materials and they're not able to get anything in with the way that the current shipping, uh, like global shipping atmosphere is right now. Nobody's able to get anything through ports. It's, and it's, you wouldn't think that it'd be something to affect something as simple as racing, but it, it's really, really affecting us right now. And, and since we're on the topic of tires, I want to point out, I saw Justin Mintz made a post. Uh He's been running a, the harder of the two crate spec tires, the D55. He said he has five races on that thing, and it looks pretty much brand new on the and right. You know race. what I told him? What's that? Bring it to Sumter. We'll see how far it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. The um, I ran a 21 on my right rear on all four corners, and it. 25 laps at Carolina, it didn't hurt it, not one bit. There's still the little factory crosses in the squares. Well, Matt, I'm uh, going to tell you the exact same thing. Bring it to Sumter. Let's see how long it lasts. I because, know what they do at Sumter. <laughs> yeah, you know what they do. Yeah, you know what they do at Sumter. They get hit up. That's just, and that's what sucks about tracks like Sumter and Lakeview and uh, Gaffney, those, the sandier tracks that eat tires. It This, this really, really sucks for those tracks. It Cherokee's really does. one of them, too. Yeah, Cher- yeah, that's what I was saying. Cherokee, Gaffney, whatever you want to call it. They, these tracks that eat tires, this is really affecting us. And I hope that it's straightened out soon, but of course I don't have any inside knowledge to give any real answers. So that's that's all I'm all I'm gonna say there. Now let's continue on with racing coming up this weekend. Let's talk a little bit a little bit about Lakeview. Um obviously they have the SCDRA guys down, um, Kelly Carlton and company to run their beach bash. Dude, this was a race last year. Remember this race got rained out like four times last year. You remember that? Yeah. Dude, this yeah, first off, that was nuts. How does one race get rained? Actually, even funnier. 
his other series, the Ultimates, got rained out twice at Sumter. And yeah, then uh, finally uh, yep. showed up, and guess what? It rained that night, but they got the race in. So Mother <laughs> Mother Nature hopefully going to play along a little bit better this weekend. Um, Beach Bash and Lakeview, five grand to win. Do probably easily probably going to be 50-plus SEDRA cars. Oh, yeah. I, I was at the race last year when they had the 5,000 win. I, I remember that. It There was so many front-wheel drives out there. Uh-huh. Hey, you, you should see the, the winter freeze and some of their bigger events, dude. They, these guys come out of oh, the yeah. woodwork. I mean, the 10, 20 deep as far as, like, people they bring with them. And, bro, oh, my gosh, these SDRA guys, they're, they're legit. If you didn't think they were legit, they are legit. Oh, yeah. They are absolutely legit, legit and they're going to put on a spectacular show at uh at Lakeview. Watch out for guys like John Wyndham and... and uh, the other Wyndham is there as well, and Andrew Smith and all those local guys. Derek Kemper, keep your eyes on Derek. If you're watching that race this weekend, keep your eyes on Derek Kemper. That's one that I'm. Uh, that's one that I'm pretty sure is going to be in the in the running to win. And there's a couple of the guys that are local there that I know as well. So uh, good luck to all of them. But they've also got uh, a fledgling series, new series, the 602. Uh, I think it's the GM Performance 602 series which is headed by one of my good buddies in the racing industry, Mr. Walter Tapp. So big, big props to, to Walter for getting the partnerships with those guys and getting that series started. So good luck to all of them as well as they uh, they head on to the Lakeview Motor Speedway. And I think they're running local classes as well. So that should be a good show. But the show that I'm going to be at, that you all should join me at if you're in the, the Central South Carolina area, Sumter Speedway hosting the fastest sprint cars in the Carolinas, the Carolina Sprint Tour. Uh, these guys put on a show. I don't. Know, have you ever seen a sprint car race in person, Matt? Oh yeah, I've seen. I've seen a good bit of them. Where uh, there, I've seen. Man, I don't. I think I've seen them at Sumter and Lakeview. I remember they have watching. Been to Lakeview. I remember watching some when I was a really little kid, but I can't. I can't remember what track we were at. Well, sprint car racing yeah. is one of those things like it's not super hot in the Carolinas, but there are some really good drivers down here. Like, and if you're a, if you're a fan of sprint cars, I will suggest you uh, check out this YouTube channel called Tanner Holmes Racing. He that kid, uh -huh. he's a young kid from California, and he's doing some great things. He's like seventeen, I think sixteen, seventeen, somewhere around there, racing four tens. I think he made a few features with the world of outlaws last year at like i think it was skagit speedway oh okay then hey check out Tanner holmes then i might have to do that myself it, um it, one thing i like watching him for is because he's so technical he he knows all the terminology he's you know technical with how he's viewing the track and you know what he's doing with the car and stuff it's it, it's pretty impressive to see a young kid as you know knowledgeable in the sport as he is Oh, most definitely, yeah. I mean, and speaking of YouTube channels, I'm Matt. You're gonna be proud of me. I'm finally uh, get it. Finally, getting back going with the Wicked Fabrication stuff this weekend. Hopefully, I'm just gonna give them the cameras and tell them to put them on the car and do whatever they gotta do with them. Last time, yep. that did not work at all. I sent, dude. I sent GoPros out the wazoo with Banjo and crew up to Gaffney for the the World of Outlaws race. Man, put it on the Friday night. Put it on the car for hot laps. Left. Took it out of the case, didn't even turn it off. Set it in the trailer and just <laughs> let it record. I, I have sending me that. I have two hours of nothing but Banjo Duke's forehead. Speaking, that, speaking. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go go for it. Go for it. Go for it. What'd you have? Speaking of GoPros, I don't want to hear about this. YouTube. I don't want to hear about this. I I'll be honest. I'm slack. I slacked on the video from Friendship. I haven't posted it yet. I will work on it sometime this weekend um but the other three races i haven't had anything to record with you care to elaborate on that ryan we seem to have had a gopro thief <laughs> and it may or may not have been me i'll tell you what happened though i'll tell you what happened your gopro got stuck in the case because you stuck it in the case that was too small for the gopro and i couldn't get it out i handed it to my girlfriend she couldn't get it out either she handed it back to me, and I thought I gave it to you, but my dumb self put it in my bag, thinking it must have thought it was my Hero 7 or something. So for 
three weeks, I'm telling you, no, I don't, I don't have it. All I have is mine in this case. And then I look again and realize that it's got red paint on the top of it. <laughs> and I said, hmm, mine doesn't have red paint on the top of it. This must not be mine. And then it clicked. It's like, oh, man, I couldn't get it out of there. So I stuck it in my bag thinking I could get it out later. And then I texted Matt and said, hey, guess what I found? And it was his GoPro. <laughs> So I'm going to give that back to him and hopefully he can somehow MacGyver it out of the case that it's stuck in so that he can charge it and put it back on the car. But if not, I'll just give him another one of the plethora of GoPros that I have uh, so that he can make YouTube videos for you guys. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Matt Bridgen Racing on YouTube and also Wicked Fabrication on YouTube. Um, and yeah, man, I think it's about time here for a wrap-up segment. No, we forgot yeah, one we'll, thing. What we got? What we got? North Wilkesboro. Oh, North Wilkesboro. coming back to life. They got it some is. asphalt racing coming up, I think, in August. And in October, they're putting dirt on it. Well, no, 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 no. That's not no. exactly what's going on. See, they're gonna they're cleaning off the old asphalt right now. They're going to run an Asphalt Nationals event there in August. And then instead of putting dirt on top of it, they're actually going to tear off all the asphalt. In that sounds uncovered. like a lot of work. It is. It, trust me, it is. I'm not doing it, so they can have at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're going to tear off all of the asphalt over top and expose the original dirt oh, from wow. the original North Wilkesboro Speedway. And that is a great idea. I don't know. How, it's a great idea on paper. I don't know how it's going to go over in real life. Yeah. But do, kudos to them for even attempting it. Um, they, I guess they're... they're They'll have a 604 class, but unfortunately, it's in the middle of the week, so I won't be able to go. You know, I got to work. Shoot. <laughs> you got personal and sick days. Go for it. I haven't been at this place a year yet. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that that's some exciting stuff. And then it's obviously after they run the dirt event, they're going to repave it and I guess put it back into NASCAR schedules, maybe. I don't know what they're going to do in North Wilkesboro, but it's so, dude, I've been... I've been wishing that somebody would do something with that track for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden junior came about and did all the, the, uh, the videos and stuff and the iRacing stuff with it and got them to scan it and all. And now all of a sudden, here we go. North Wilkesboro's alive again. It'll pop up on iRacing, the dirt version of that track. You know, I'd kind of imagine so because they did Bristol. They did Bristol as soon as it was a thing, you know? Yeah. So obviously I hope so. Uh, I think, Hey, even the old NASCAR, I think even Rockingham is, is racing once again, so that's pretty cool, yeah. too. Of course, Rockingham was one of my favorites growing up, besides Darlington, who's racing soon. And speaking of NASCAR, did you happen to watch any of that race this past weekend in Bristol? No, I didn't. I heard Kyle Busch won, though. You didn't miss anything until the very last lap. Tyler Reddick, who you probably know from dirt ranks as well as I do, one of the best ever in I think he was the youngest World of Outlaws. Was he a champion of World of Outlaws, maybe? I don't know if he won a championship. I do remember seeing an interview with him, and he was saying he was 14. I was like, good lord. Yeah, I do know for a fact he was the youngest World of Outlaws winner. He was, I know, the the youngest winner in the World of Outlaws. I don't know if he was a champion, but I do know that he was the youngest winner with the World of Outlaws. And back on dirt, Tyler Reddick, he was leading up until the very last lap. Chase Briscoe tried to pull a, a good old-fashioned slide job on him and ended up taking out the, the right rear. Uh, Reddick spun, dosy-doted around, pulled back, and was looked like he was going to like continue on and capture the win, but here comes old Kyle Busch uh, to, to the checkered flag first. and I mean, for all that smack talk that Kyle Busch talked, he uh, sure didn't say any of it when he won that race. About no. Dirt. But I mean, dude, huh. he he does race on dirt every now and then. He raced against Brixton for a while. He, he or won, raced he the won same the prelude track. that one year at Eldora. He did. Yes, prelude he did. To he the did win the prelude. I, and then he even ran Bristol last year in the in yep. in the super late model, I think. Yep. Now, if you don't remember, if you're if you don't remember what the prelude to the dream was, what they did is when Tony Stewart first took over Eldora, he uh would get some of the NASCAR drivers and some drag dragster drivers. And put them in a super late model out on Eldora, and they, you know, have a race. And it was cool because they would use the same wraps pretty much that was on their cup cars. It was mm-hmm. it was definitely interesting to watch. 
Oh, it was. And a lot of those guys were very unfamiliar with dirt stuff. So <laughs> that was a joy to watch. And, and then one other thing that I saw the um, from that race, the fastest lap time of that race was slower than the than the fastest lap time of the winner of the Hornet race at Bristol. If that puts it into perspective. Really? Now, I will say that the NASCAR cars, even though they have probably 800, 700 to 800 horsepower on those Hornet, SCRA Hornet cars. They're not set up to be on dirt. For, yes, that's true. And they're also probably 12 to 13, maybe even 1,400 pounds. Yeah, that, that as well. Because you're running those... I don't know what the weight rule is for Hornets, but I think NASCARs are like, what, 35, maybe 36, or even heavier? Something like that. Which is heavier than even a street stock and way heavier than a, in a late model? Because you guys are running, what, 2,300 pounds? Yep. So, yeah, it, it way heavier than a late model. So, obviously, they're going to be slower on dirt, but probably a heck of a lot faster on asphalt. But, uh, yeah, that was just another interesting note that I uh, that I took away from that when I saw it on Facebook. That was pretty funny to me, but... uh. Matt, I guess I guess now you got anything else to to cover before we get going here tonight, Matt? Um, no, I don't. I don't think I have anything else. Of course, I don't either. So, just just a reminder: weekly racing. You can catch me at Sumter Speedway this weekend. I'll be announcing for the sprint cars and all of our regular classes. Matt's taking a couple of couple of weeks off, but you can catch racing all over the Carolinas and. Uh, That'll give us plenty to talk about when we do this all again next Thursday for episode three of Talking Dirt with Ryan Williams and Matt Pridgen. But, hey, it's been a fun ride. Hope you guys have enjoyed this past hour and enjoy the rest of your week. Talking Dirt, out.